Taco Brothers Podcast. Where two brothers from another mother come together to talk about what's going on in urban pop culture, sports, music, health, and real issues that face our community. These people here, what they do, they for real. All straight with no chaser and a splash of comedy. <laughs> Very funny. This is Talk, Talk, Talk of Brothers Podcast. Let's get this thing going. And now your hosts, Gody and Smash. What's happening, everybody? It's your boy, Goldie. It's your boy, Smash, coming at you. Want to welcome you guys to another episode of Talker Brothers Podcast, episode 20, Smash. How you love that? Man, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. In my BG voice. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think we'd make it this far, bro. Yes, sir. Hard work paying off. We got. We definitely got a, a, a good episode for the listeners today, man. We're closing out season one. Um, we got... David A. Arnold, comedian on hand. We got an interview that we're going to play um, on some portion of the show. But, man, I'm excited about this, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited too, man. And that David Arnold interview, man, that that's just dope, man. I'm I'm ecstatic. I, I can't even lie. I don't even... It's one of those things. I ain't got words, but I got words because I still got something to say. I got something <laughs> to say. I got something to say. <laughs> What's been going on with you, man? Anything eventful happen for you this week? Man, yeah, work. But uh, nah, man, uh, this uh, <laughs> old old man winner on my buddy, he trying to give me a little cold, man. I'm trying to fight that. So, you know, I fight it with... Look, you probably catch the probably catch the cold because you got the ugly uh, Atlanta Falcons jacket on. That's probably the issue. You take hey. that off, you might, you might heal up a little bit. Hey, when you see ugly, you slap ugly. Hey, come over here. Let me smack the crap out that jacket. Hey, man. Hey, but now, nah, man, I'm trying to. Old man Winter got me trying to catch this cold, bro. So I'm trying to fight it using them old school remedies. Shot of some, some, some shot of whiskey, honey, lemon, and olive oil. Yeah, exactly. Shot of whiskey, shot of whiskey and some honey. If yep. if my cold don't be better, I'll sing like Beyonce though. Hey man, you gotta put that olive oil in there too, man. That that lubricate them bronchioles. Nah, see you you going olive oil, you you doing them New Orleans roots and stuff. You gonna have me hey, up there hey. doing some voodoo on myself. Hey, I am just trying to get you well now. Hard head <laughs> makes for soft behind. So when you around here in the ER, then you know, wife feel cash out, you know, just put a little bit on my books. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're gonna you're gonna be like, hey, do a spoonful of castor oil. <laughs> What you know about that? Get the, get the running, hey man. Every Halloween, but around this time, this time right here, Halloween time come, we all go trick or treat. We all had to take a, a spoonful of castor oil. For what? Hey man, that that was the that was the that was the old lady routine, man. She made us do it. And That's was, about the nastiest stuff in the world. And listen, that <laughs> bottle would sit underneath the cabinet, right? For. <laughs> All year, bro. It would yep. just sit there collecting dust. It wouldn't come out but this month. And yeah. we had to take it for Halloween. And I was like, man, it's the most nastiest stuff. I'm like, does this stuff have an expiration date? No, don't worry about it. Just take it. Hey, it it was the nastiest stuff, but I gotta say, them old school remedies work, boy. Like, and castor oil seemed to be the go-to at all times. <laughs> but I didn't I didn't even realize until I got older that there actually is castor oil for your car. 
for your car. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, is this the same stuff I was taking back then? Like, shit. Y'all bottle had the, had the fish with the man holding the fish on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, look like, that look like the man on the fish stick box now. Gordon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nah, same I know stuff, what you're talking same about. Stuff. <laughs> man, that's just, hey, you, you live and die by your uh, generational stuff, man. Yeah, I mean, hey, hey, it got it got them through this long, so I mean, we can't buck the system, I don't think. So but what's good here. with you, bro? What's man, good with you? Nothing much, bro. Nothing I mean, much. Work, work, and more work, man. That's about all for me. Hey, nothing really shaking, you know. Right now, it's definitely that sweet spot for me for sports because you got the, you got the baseball playoffs going. You got the NBA just kicked off. You know, football is in full, full swing. So October, November is like the perfect spot for sports fans you know you get a get a little clash of a little bit of everything so for me life is good right now man no complaints and then even if i did complain probably nobody will listen anyway so <laughs> that's true that's true I, I i know the fans they'll see later or the listeners they'll see later that uh you got your little male oprah on later on when you were talking to david yeah a. yeah it was it was it was a dope interview man i can't wait for us to to let the let the listeners hear it but Speaking of sports, man, you did you catch the 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 fiasco between Ed Reed and Malcolm Jenkins? You call him a sellout. Yeah, I was seeing that little scuffle between old Eric Reed and Malcolm Jenkins, man. And I, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, what what is going on? And you know, of course, the announcers be talking about it and stuff. I, I don't know what what's your take on it before I jump into this one right here. Well, just well, to give the listeners a, a catch up for those that's not really sports fan. Eric Reed plays for the Carolina, plays safety for the Carolina Panthers, and he's you know he's protesting the, the national anthem, and he is uh, one of the guys that was with Colin Kaepernick that actually started the kneeling, the thing on kneeling for the national anthem. Um, Malcolm Jenkins was doing it as well, but they got into a fiasco. They exchange words at, at right before kickoff because there's a player coalition. And with that player coalition, Eric Reed said that the vision of the coalition was going in the wrong direction. And they wanted Eric Reed, wanted Malcolm to actually include Kim and Kaepernick into the decision making process. They didn't want to allow, he didn't want to do it that way. He went to the NFL and he conjured up a deal with the NFL they got they funded them for 90 million for you know for awareness for protesting police brutality and societal inequalities but Ed Reed is saying that he sold his soul to get in the bed with the NFL because they truly don't understand the the situation what's going on so my take is it's really the NFL to me is just trying to do anything and everything to stop it, you know. So by them allowing, by them giving this this pat money, I guess you would call it, ninety million dollars to the Players Coalition, which is headed by Malcolm Jenkins, um, it's just to me, it's, it's just them just trying to get them to stop. And by any means necessary, I guess the ninety million dollars there's a price for everything. I guess they would say, and Michael Jenkins, Malcolm Jenkins' price was ninety million dollars. I'm 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 totally on the side with 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 Eric Reed on this one because nothing is going to change until you continuously buck the system. And if you take the awareness away from the situation, then it's going to it's going to it's going to die down and it's going to disappear. So for me, I don't think Malcolm should have 
not included them? Because that means if, if you're telling me if we're going into this, we're discussions about forming some kind of type of coalition and we're going to do this as a, as a collective, then I, we need to be the people that that actually spearheaded this should have some kind of decision making because it's their protest. You know, and, and you're you're saying that you're back in this protest. So by him doing that, to me, he has other ideas and other ways that he's going to take that coalition into the future. And I think Ed Reed, it just bubbled over. Now, I will say there's a time and place for everything. And Eric Reed just got back on the NFL team. So I don't think he should have took it that far. I mean, he should have waited till after the game or, you know, pulled up to his house or something other than acting a fool on your job, I should say. Yeah, man, I, I think, like, um, this wasn't showing a good outing for us. And I say that because the whole point of the um, protest was to show police brutality. But then when you when Eric Reed is going out and um, calling Malcolm Jenkins out in, in the press and at the field, then it's showing that we, who were once united in the same fight, can't even get along with each other so why should we as the other people care about your cause you know what i'm saying so i look at it like this man like we the the kneeling thing to me and i know a lot of people are going, i'm gonna catch flack for this it's over for me because the kneeling to me didn't do what it was supposed to it didn't bring people to the table like if the nfl wants to throw money at this situation that's cool but what is that for is that for the families because we still haven't addressed the issue of police brutality against african americans in america right so that and then the whole the whole situation with the kneeling it's just like me and you getting into an argument and we fussed for so long that at some point we forgot about what we even arguing about, mm -hmm. you know. And I think the NFL and and other people that's that's anti kneeling has whitewashed the situation to the point where the actual reason, which was protesting police brutality and you know societal inequalities for for people of color, and you're talking about this this happened in 2016, and nothing has changed. Nothing has gotten better. Nothing. Like the argument is still brewing on and you got all these side arguments, but we're still not focused on the reason for it in the beginning. So I still take tip my half for Kaepernick for risking his 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 career Almost to definitely. bring light to the cause. But at this point in time, we have to find other ways and other other avenues to to shed light on it because at this point, just stop kneeling, play the game. And, and let's move forward and, and let's try to keep the, the the protest going, but in another manner where we can actually focus on the, on a, the problem at hand. You know, just like business, you know, we don't want to focus on the, the problem. We need to start focusing on the solution, you know, and, and until we find that solution, there's always going to be stuff like this. You, you Now you got Jenkins and, and Eric Reed at odds for the same cause. You're not even fussing about the cause. You're fussing about uh, a coalition that was supposed to help the cause. We right. can't even get to that point. Nah, yeah, you you hit it right on the head, man. Like, and that, that's all I'm saying. Like y'all, they got to come together and and work it out, man. Because we, like you said, we're getting away from the whole cause at hand and Colin uh, risking his career, which that's another uh, 
topic at another day why they won't bring him back they brought eric reed back but they won't bring colin back but like i said another another topic for another day but like we gotta we gotta use well those gentlemen right there need to use their platform that they have they have the press they have um you know endorsements that they they can get from playing ball that's where they need to start making the um using their platform to uh talk about what's going on in in this injustice with the police but, brutality but they have and I, but they, they have done that and ed reed has got, has got his career back and which he should have kaepernick should get his career back which is as well but I think it's time to move to separate the sport from the cause. I mean, because yeah, I love football, and by all means, I don't want anything to to tamper my love of football with with these with these unnecessary outbursts. You know, yeah, yeah, you want to keep light on it. Yes, do I think Malcolm Jenkins has sold his soul for a jelly roll? Yeah, I think he has. But at the same time, Eric Reed really needs to chill with the on-field antics to prove your point because you're not doing anything but, again, taking the focus off what we're really trying to accomplish as a black community. So going forward, yes, I really, I'm sitting here waiting, you know, twiddling my thumbs. Okay, Malcolm Jenkins, you're on the clock. Let's see what that $90 million gets you. Now, my thing is, you know how the NFL operates. Now, they give you that $90 million or they're going to tell you how to spend it? That's what I think is going to happen. They're going to, you know, just like anything, uh, they want to control everything. You know, the NFL wants to be the, ju- the judge, the jury, and the executioner. So just because they gave you the money, do you think they're going to allow him to be total black power and do whatever he wants with this money for the community? Or you think they're going to have a say in it? I think uh, I think they probably will have a say in it. Uh, that's just the way the NFL rolls. I mean, they and even- that's the bad part. They even kind of doing the same thing for uh, the money that they doled out for the CTE, kind of telling them where and how to use it. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, I mean, even even with this whole Jenkins and uh, Reed thing, even Colin tweeted out afterwards. He was saying, uh, "Eric Reed, enough said." And I, I get what Colin was saying because to me, like he, like you said, he didn't have to do the on field antics, or I like the way you put it, the at work antics. He, uh, what he said in that locker room rang louder than any uh, physical altercation that he did. That what he said he sold out. That that was enough said. I mean, like right. he said, you know what I mean? Because then it's like, oh, what, wait, what did Malcolm Jenkins do? If he t-? and that's what I'm saying. When these reporters asking those questions, man, hey, NFL said I got to answer you as a reporter. But I can answer you based on, hey, we need to stop this brutality, da da da. You know what I'm saying? They ain't say I gotta answer your specific question that you asked. So that's what I'm saying. They need to use their platform, dog. That's all. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see how this play out, man. Malcolm Jenkins, you on the clock. Let's see if you control this 90 million or the NFL controlling 90 million, which in turn I think they're controlling him. And I think he's gonna be an NFL puppet. But let's I I, I pray and hope that it doesn't. Um, because this is ongoing. Um, this is de- just definitely playing playing itself out in the media and not in a good way. It's definitely playing out in a bad way. So all you, you, you entertainers and, and people in, in, in power, I should say, or in, in the limelight, you know, use your, use your platform wisely 
for good and not lose the the vision which you initially did the call you know initially you're doing the protest for but we're gonna move on man i'm pulling for this guy man and, and i'm really trying to trying to hold steady with this man people calling me and saying did you see it did you see it the rail show oh man this latest episode the halloween episode <laughs> i yeah. couldn't get through it bro I, I still haven't finished it it just you still ain't finished it no man i had to cut it off when he, when he had the the and there's no such spoiler alert on this uh <laughs> listeners there's no spoiler alert here because i was gonna tell it like it is <laughs> you telling me you thought to take frederick Douglass and give him a love interest <laughs> and the, who was? I can't even finish my thought. It's who, just so. Who was his love interest, Goldie? <laughs> I can't even finish my thought. Oh, Harriet uh, Tubman. Harriet Tubman, man, it's like, what were you thinking? Like, when you sit up in in, in the writers' room, you know, did y'all really think this was gonna be funny? Because it's really not, and even. They, you know, they go back and forth from the TV episode to them sitting on the couch, and even uh, Jess Hilarious is is trying to play <laughs> <Yeah>. devil's advocate, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. But it's getting worse and worse, and I'm pulling for real, man. Facebook and, and and Twitter and Instagram and people are giving their thoughts and opinions, and I'm sitting there, man. I'm fighting for you, real, but you, you you're not giving me enough ammo to play with. <laughs> Because nah. this episode was just I, it, I it was horrible. Words can't describe it, man. <laughs> it was it was horrible. Like There's... I I watched it, man, and uh To the you, end? Yeah, I watched it to the end. Oh uh, my goodness. I'm not Good saying man. I was like engaged, but you know, I watched <laughs> it while I was flipping through my timeline or whatever, but white noise, huh? <laughs> yeah, that, basically that's all it was, man. And like you said, man, you know, here on here on the Talker Brothers show, we like rail and we pulling for rail. And we were hoping that this would be one of the best shows of the season, but I've never seen a show. I and I'll repeat that again. I have never seen a show that has gotten worse each episode as they go normally everybody gets better as they go along but this show yes. gets worse and worse and i hate to put down my brother I, I i liked everything he's done so far but this this show and especially this episode was do do <laughs> that doesn't even describe how bad this episode was and, and i'm pulling for him. they finally got my boy sinbad off the couch and back on TV, man. It was good to see him. I like Sinbad, yeah. And it's just like, what are y'all doing, man? Come on, you got, you got my boy Carmichael in there. He's he's a writer, and I just it just doesn't seem like that's this is a good vision. Like you said, it's getting worse and worse. I mean, I thought you know you were like, I'm pulling for rail. I think it's gonna get better over time. And I was thinking about the neighbors. And that show is getting better and better every episode. They start to get into their niche, and I think that's going to be a mainstay. Big ups to to uh, old said entertainer for for putting this putting this dope show together. That's definitely uh, worth watching. But this rail, man, 
Come man, on. I'm telling you, man. Like at first, I I was like, okay, go deep, being hard on this show. I was like, so that's that's why I really engaged and I started watching. Then I was like, oh, this tough. This remind me of Pootie Tang. And uh, <laughs> I started uh, I started watching. And I was like, oh, this is horrible. And then after that, I went to uh, one of his pages, the the show pages on uh, social media. And it wasn't just it wasn't just me or you, man. Like the fans were going in too. Yeah, they were, man. They were like, "I'm done, real. I, I, I'm really pulling for you, bruh. Get you, you know, I gave you five. I can't give you six more watches. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, because I mean, we we don't have much black content. You know what I'm saying? So when you get the opportunity, you don't give them a reason to to cancel you. You know what I'm saying? Because it's it's. It's hard to come. It's hard to get that opportunity. So when you do get that opportunity, you got to make the best of it. And I and I know it's kind of a a, a play on sitcom and, and sketch comedy. And he's trying to infuse. I get what he's trying to do, but I just it's just not coming across. It's not coming across well, and especially when you take, you know, our, our Black history and make, and make a mockery of it. It's just come on, man. You you doing? You're not doing me any favors, and you're not doing yourself any favors. Because the people are talking and the people are not not accepting, not buying what you're selling. Oh yeah, most definitely, man. It's it's just I don't know, man. Like like I said, I, I I like old boy, and I like Jess hilarious, and like you said, the the ultimate thing I like, and he got to hurry up and get on another show is Sinbad because Sinbad is funny, naturally funny, man. Man, um, funny dude. It just. It kind of remind me of uh, old boy, you know, saying he in that same category to me with David A. Arnold. You know what I'm saying? Like they just naturally funny, and they've been grinding for so long. But uh, that that real show, bro, I'm 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 gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it as long as the contract on. But it's <laughs> it's gotta yeah. be one on the chopping block. Like is yeah, it, if, that's that's what we was talking about in uh, the Facebook group. And uh, they were going hard to paint on O'Rell, man. And I was like, you know, ease up a little bit. You know, yeah, I, I have, I feel the same sentiments as you guys, but I'm not going to stop watching because I'm going to support him to the very, to the bitter end. But oh, yeah. just give me some ammo to fight with because I have no ammo to fight with. And I'm more than sure, I don't know what the, the, the viewership numbers are and where he stands comparison to, to that day's shows and versus everybody else's shows, but... I get what you're trying to do, but it's just not coming off well. It's just not coming off well. Nah, it ain't coming off well at all. The only the only th- positive I can give that show right now is the uh, hook of when it come on. The the song title is pretty tight. I wish it would play a little longer. But other than that, it's... give you 30 minutes of the intro. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, this a... Hey, and and I, I hate... I, I like old boy, man. To me, he's been successful in everything he do. But this right here, man, is like, man, I tell you, I can't even watch it, bro. But on an upper note, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get into this interview with with David and Arnold. So you guys sit back, relax, and chill, and and enjoy this this interview. What's 
What's happening, everybody? It's your boy, Go D from the Talker Brothers Podcast. I got a special guest on the line for you guys. I told you episode 20 was going to be something very special, and I have a special guest, one of, one of the dopest comedians out here. If you haven't heard of him, you hear him to hear him now. His name is David A. Arnold. He's a writer, actor, producer. He's been on BET, Def Comedy Jam, uh, Comedy Central. What's happening? What's up, dog? Not much, man. I'm glad you took time out for me, man, to give me a chance to 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 bless my listeners with with who you are and what you all about as far as this this comedy game goes. Dude, I'm 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 really excited to do it. It's it's great to be able to talk to people because you know as a comedian, that's all we want to do is get our voice out there and get our you know point of view out there so we can hopefully you know move the needle for ourselves. That's what we all trying to do. You know what I'm saying? No doubt, no doubt. So let me ask you, let me jump right in this because I know we, we short on time. So t- give us, give the listeners, how, how did you get started in comedy? Uh, I got started basically by a dare. Um, you know, I, I, I wanted to, you know, when I was a kid, I saw Eddie Murphy do Delirious in that red suit. And I, I, I knew that I wanted to be funny. Like, I, what I remember is my mother and them, my mother and my aunt laughing at him. Mm-hmm. And they... I was more impressed and moved by my parents laughing that hard than I was by what Eddie was saying at the time. You know what I'm saying? Because I was really young. I might have been 10 or 11. And so that made me go, oh, he's just telling funny stories. I can tell funny stories. Not knowing how to get there, uh, it took about it took about 20 years for me to realize, because I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Right. And, you know, when you're from the Midwest, you don't get into TV and tell jokes. You know, you go and become an engineer or go to college and become a doctor. Like, you know, like that's what you do. So I didn't I didn't know how to do that. And nobody else around me knew how to navigate to get to that space. But after I was in the military, I, um, you know, I... I, I ended up going and getting a dare. You know, this is another thing. I ended up doing a dare. A, milita- a, a professional tour came through. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. And I gave it a shot. And it, 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 it was destined to happen. Because, dude, I, I graduated from high school with a 1.8. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I had to do something. <laughs> I had to do Like, nothing. Like, I've been fired from every job. Right. Like, I ain't, like nothing has ever worked out for me in my life. So, like, when I look back, the only thing that ever made sense was me talking shit on a stage. And you that do was a good the only job at it too, man. Let me tell you. Thank you, man. I swear <laughs> that's the, that's like and, like, and it's so funny. Like, if you look back at your life, you go, how did I get here? And I go, how did I not get here? Right. How could I have not? This is, I shouldn't have been anywhere else but exactly where I am. And I realize that now. And thank God. So, and I started with a dare and I did it. And now, man, I, it's been, it's been 22 years and 22. I haven't stopped. Yeah, and and the thing about me that that drew me to you as a as a comic was the right. fact that you use everyday life and everyday experiences to, yeah. to base your comedy off of. And, and like I told you before, when I first introduced myself to you, I uh, was like, man, when was that? Tell me when that was well, and where that came about. Well, a friend of mine, well, my co-host and I, we follow right. you, and we always shooting your shooting your videos back and forth, your Instagram videos, your Facebook videos back and forth, because right. it because it actually plays on our everyday life about the kids yes. not cleaning the room up, yes. about yes. them drinking the last of the juice. So mm-hmm. we so we die laughing over that. So I, once we got the pots going, we was like, man, we have to get this guy on the show because everybody can relate to him. It's nothing that's over anybody's head. You, you put it to the right. simplest to the simplest the core of, of what somebody's doing as far as their everyday life and man you make it so funny 
So. Dude, that, I think, thank you. And I think like, so let me ask you this. So you became aware of me as a stand-up because of Instagram or Facebook? No, I, I became a fan of you from Def Comedy Jam. You understand? I'm, Got it. I'm, okay. I'm old here, man. So I- Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, but, but here's, because let me tell you why I asked. This is the part that's, that's crazy. Like you said, you were old head, I'm an old head too. Mm. I've been doing stand-up 22 years. People, in the last 90 days, I have picked up on Instagram, which is my Instagram, if you want to follow me, is at the David A. Arnold. But I, I picked up over close to 70,000 followers in less than 90 days. Really? And it, yes. I, I, I literally, July 5th was when I decided that I was going to make a concerted effort to start putting up my material and start putting out my brand on a consistent basis to build an audience. Be everything before my July 5th post where I have put up videos and jokes were all just random haphazard as he is. July 5th, the first video is when I was on the plane with Janet Jackson, me and Sherry Shepard. That video is the moment that I decided I got to do this because I got to get my voice to my audience. On Instagram, 70,000, no, about 65,000 followers. On Facebook, I just crossed uh, a quarter of a million. Really? And I started with 10,000. And dude, in less, so that's why I asked you how you found me because this is the game of stand-up has changed so much. Mm -hmm. And for me to have been doing stand-up for 22 years and I haven't had any major long-term national platform stages is why I've gone under the radar. So I decided to use social media as a way to get my comedy voice out here because I see a lot of these young comics and I respect them. And when I say comics, I mean these inter these internet personalities. Right. They're going on there and they're doing these little videos and people are coming out to see them in the droves at stand-up comedy clubs. Yeah, and they, they can't hold a mic, a lot of them. Most of them can't survive up there for more than 25 minutes. Yep. One of, one of the things that I remember watching the video of you and it was so funny because um, Kevin Hart was actually, he actually introduced you, right? Oh yeah, uh-huh, yeah, that's, <laughs> when, that's when I did B, that's when I did BET, uh, and that was a clip from a, from Def Jam when he hosted one year, yeah, or, or comic it, viewers. It was, at, yeah. it was at the Laugh Factory, I believe it was. Oh, you, okay, you saw, the, that, that was when me and Kevin went on a, a thing to do my, uh, to do a TV show when he was executive producing a TV show for me. Yeah, and, and he was like, mm -hmm. you, you went on and you was like, of all days, Kevin, you wanna you wanna use new material today yes. when it's my yes. set? And, yes. and I yes. saw your face and it was like, you just put like, okay, I'm gonna put my best game face on. And I mean, you killed it for 30 plus minutes straight. I mean, nonstop Thank laughter. You, you went Thank hard you. to paint like Kevin. You're you. not the only dude out here that's funny, man. Exactly. Well, that's what that's what happened. That's what happened um, when I um, when that's how it all started. When I, me and Kevin a couple of years ago decided me and Kevin been friends for a long time, right? Long before Kevin was Kevin that everybody knows. And he, um, we were at the Laugh Factory one night. He came in with all the Clippers, and he wanted to go on. I was supposed to go on stage. Kevin walked in, said he wanted to work out some material. So they put Kevin on before me because when you're the celebrity, the celebrity goes first right. at, you know, at his leisure. So I was like, cool, go ahead. You know, so Kevin go up. Everybody's like, Kevin about to blow you off the stage. You ain't going to be able to follow him. Yada, 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 whatever. Kevin goes up. He does 20, gets a standing ovation. I go up right after Kevin. I do 20. I get a standing ovation. Right. And I kind of not, it's not by no means was it a call Kevin out, but it was a thing between us because we are friends like 
nigga, you're not the only one. And it was that night that led to the video that you saw because Kevin decided then that he wanted to, um, that he wanted to produce a TV show for me. And that started that night that you saw is what started a journey that it, it, it ended disappointingly, but for three years we went on a developmental uh, road to develop a TV show. But that's but that's where that came from. So that's dope that you saw that night, because that's what that was. Yeah, man, you you uh <laughs> you was like, look, I can hold my own out here. Oh Trust yeah, me. baby. <laughs> oh yeah. That's 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 exactly that's exactly it. And you know, you as comedy is a game of we're in a game where your success is dictated by your notoriety. So mm. people who don't know you and ain't seen you, they think you're not successful and or not funny. So I've been playing from this position my whole career. When I go to comedy clubs and theaters and I perform a lot of times, I'm sometimes I'm not the known guy. So there's always a little bit of speculation, you know, skepticism right. met with when I walk on stage. But that's my favorite part because these people have no idea that I'm that what that they about to get the ones and the twos in the face. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that's my that's my like that's I love a good, you know, person that's like that don't believe what their arms cross. Cause I like to I like to see you with your arms crossed and watch you uncross your arms and and until I got you bent over. Right. Trying to hold your breath going, who the hell is this? Yeah. So man. I, I just know. I just know that as when people giving out their top fives of who's who, I think it get I think there's a lot, not just you, but there's a right. lot of comedians out here that just hadn't got the break to actually be in a Kevin Hart's position or other nationally known comedians. But funny is funny, regardless of who it's coming from. If, if you if you got the gift right. of laugh to make somebody laugh, you have it. And you definitely have that. And watching your career, like I said before, watching your career, you don't put any airs on. You'll talk about the wife. You'll talk about the kids. You, I mean, remember one time you're talking about your sister. She was deaf. I mean, it was... It's always yeah. a, a funny about something that you know, nothing that you don't know, you know? Yeah, dude, I can find comedy, and that's when I started doing these Instagram videos. I was like, I can find comedy in anything <laughs> right. because I'm a comedian, and I see life through a different lens than everybody else sees it. You know what I'm saying? So what? My, but me and my wife were at Joanne's yesterday, and I was at Joanne's Fabric, obviously, because... Uh, probably want to sex but i was at joanne's fabrics with her trying to have a good attitude right. and i was like uh and I, and, and I was just looking like at the haphazardness of all these women they all walking around with nothing to do and just the attitude about all of them says you know my my husband's got it everything's taken care of at the house you know what i mean mm -hmm. and i was just like it must be nice to have that kind of comfort and you out here buying beads to make necklaces at 11 o'clock in the middle of the day while the rest of us is out here trying to figure out how to pay the rent and eat. And I just started talking trash. My wife was like, what's wrong with your mind? And I said, it's my mind is why we eat. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like, and so that literally was how that I can go from any space, man. I can go anywhere. As long as I got a point of view and I can tap into something, oh, I can... I can go, and that's what I do on my Instagram and on Facebook. I just go. So, what makes you like? I, I know you've you've done the stand up comedy thing for a long time. Yes. What was the transition? What was the the process for you going from, um, say, a stand up to actually being getting to the writer's mode versus just uh, stand up? Um, I started writing about in 2005, and I had been doing stand up then for about seven years. 
I knew I've always wanted to do my own television show. That's always what I wanted to do. You know, I've always wanted to play a father on TV, even when I wasn't married with kids. Even when I was 30. Like, I don't know why that was the attractive thing for me. I always thought because I think my father and grandfathers are funny. So I started writing short films when I was, you know, in like in 2000, I think it was, I think it was 2000, maybe 2000. No, it was before that. It was 2000, maybe three or something like that. And um, I started writing these short films for me to do. And what I didn't realize is while I was writing the short films to do them, I was also teaching myself to write. Right. Because somebody had to write the scripts. I had to do it myself. Nobody was doing anything for me. So you self-taught. I self-taught. I got a book. I sat down. I read a book on how to write scripts. I read a couple of scripts. And then I just sat down with an idea and I started writing. Uh Like, And here's the thing. Most people don't do that. Most people go to school. I didn't do none of that. Mm -hmm. I was self-taught. I'm one of those dudes that if you show me how to do it, I can make it happen. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can do it if you show me how to do it. So uh, that's what I did. I started writing and then I had these short, you know, I had these little short films that I had written and I had done. And then I started doing Facebook videos in 2008 mm-hmm. called Life With Day. And those things got, like, as soon as Facebook started. And those things got very popular very quickly. And it got the attention of some producers over at Tyler Perry Studios. And a friend of mine was the head writer over there and he asked me, he said, hey man, they they looking for they said I could look for some writers. I want to see if you would be interested. And I knew him from us writing a TV show with Tony Rock. And I, because I had written these short films a few years earlier, I sat down and wrote a spec script. They loved it. And uh I ended up, you know, I ended up uh right for the at House Tyler of, Perry Studio. House, House of Pain and Meet the Browns. Browns. Yeah. Then it went to Ricky Smiley, then it went to Zoe Ever After for Brandy, then it went to Real Husbands of Hollywood, then it went to Kelsey Grammer and Martin Lawrence for, uh partners on FX, and then just recently uh we got nominated for an me this year for the TV show Fuller House on Netflix. Oh, awesome. So, so you, know, you were involved I, with Fuller House yeah. as well. So okay. Yeah, Fuller House, the the, the reboot. I'm, I I wrote on this season, the fourth mm-hmm. season, which comes out December twenty second. I think is what they're pitching somewhere between the seventh and the twenty second of December. Yeah, Fuller House, the spinoff of the nineties hit show Full House. There, uh, I literally was. I'm a producer and writer on that show. We got nominated for an Emmy, and um, you know it was a great season. It was it was good to be involved in that. So it's just it's building now. You know I'm developing again. I'm developing shows. I'm literally headed, getting ready. The car just got here. I'm about to go back. You know I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, mm-hmm. so I'm headed back to Cleveland tomorrow on Thursday night. I don't know if you have any listeners that are in the Cleveland, Ohio area. If you are, Thursday night, uh, nine seven o'clock at nine thirty. I'm filming my one hour stand up special. In front of my hometown. Oh, that should be big. And then that weekend, can, it's going to be dope. It's, I'm very excited about doing it. Um, and so I'm very excited about that. I'm very, and then Kim Whitley and I will finish up the weekend together because me and Kim Whitley travel the country and we do a tour called He Said, She Said. Yes. Where, you know, her and I go on, she go on stage and I go on stage and we go on stage together. And we've been doing that tour for about three years now, which has been fantastic. And so we're going to finish the weekend up after my special uh, this weekend in Cleveland, Ohio. So I'm, I'm, I'm man, I'm working. I'm, I'm blessed to be working. And you know, and I, I, it's dope when I get a chance to do stuff like this. Oh, and I, and I appreciate it. Again, I definitely want the listeners to understand that this this dude is a humble dude because he didn't have to do this. You know, he taking time out of his schedule to come on the pod and 
regret, bless you guys. We, we should get a little more funny out of them, you know, but. I know, I was, I know, I was all serious. Cause I'm standing here and I know. And he like, why don't you be funny? Say something, say something funny. You know what's so funny? This is the bad part. My social media manager, she like, I need you to be funny when you on there. Right. I'm like, I was trying. Like when you, when I get on, when I get on, you know, I, Every I don't, that's my that's one of my biggest. Every time I do radio and I do stuff, I'm so serious about my my craft yep. that I forget that I'm supposed to be funny. Be like, damn, I'm a, I'm a comedian. I'm supposed to be exactly. <laughs> I'm, to be, I'm always supposed to be juggling and tap dancing. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, but, but that's but the passion. I, I understand the passion. Which once you get zoned in on what you're trying to convey to the audience, yes, you know, yes, the business hat comes on. The comedian hat the is like the business hat came on. <laughs> God damn. I, I completely, I completely, and that's another thing. I started. I said. I said that goddamn one time, right. and I don't know how it started. And I put it on T-shirts. Man, them T-shirts are selling like hotcakes. Like, like, like I'm mad that I got to send these T-shirts out now because I got to find somebody to do it because there's so many. Like right. you get you, you know, you get yourself into some shit. And you realize why I do this. Hey man, that, why I get myself into this? That is the line. God damn. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> but I. I know you got to run, man. I don't want to hold you up from from getting to Cleveland, get, get yourself situated, man. But I really do appreciate it. My listeners going to appreciate it. And I hope that we get a chance to to, to bring you back on. I definitely yeah, want to... Yeah, we can. Where your boy at? Where uh, he at? He didn't give a damn about me coming. He like, who? No, nah, never mind. I'll take off. <laughs> See, you know, I'm not even going to throw him under the bus on wax. I'm going to let him make. We're going to let him make it today. And his name is Smash. But smack, I said yeah. the same thing. Oh, so this don't matter to you, right? This said, don't matter. You got well, it. You, you know, got it. Yeah, you tell him I said this is his last day on the podcast. <laughs> you understand? I'm taking. I'm taking over. Me and you gonna do it. Right. <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. When I heard it was one person, I said, "Oh, so the other one? He just said, forget who David Arnold. Oh no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> oh man. But he said there. But he said there yesterday, like rah rah rah. Go ahead, do it, man. So, <laughs> <laughs> and now it's, no listen let's do it again okay let's absolutely let's schedule one where we can all get on and we and then we can we can throw up some some talking points yes and just talk about some stuff yes. you know what i mean because i know that we both we all come from the same you know kids and all that stuff and then we can just sit and, and really jump on some topics Definitely. And just riff and have a good time. I promise you, I'm down for it. Yeah, man. and I definitely, I, I definitely want you to get Kim, and, and, and when, when, whenever y'all are together one day, give me a call, man, because the dynamic that you two have, I don't know if anybody else have seen it, but you have to see this. He said, she said this dynamic oh, that they have because they'll they'll sit there and I watch like on Tom John and stuff like that, and yeah. it's like y'all took over the show. <laughs> so, yeah. So the chemistry is, is really, really careful. good, man. Man, I appreciate it, dog. I really do. I appreciate you letting me come on and talk, man. I really, really do. No doubt, no doubt. But again, that's David A. Arnold. You can catch him this Thursday. This Thursday. Filming my stand-up special at Cleveland, Ohio, at the Cleveland Improv. I'll be there all weekend. And then I will be releasing more dates of where I'll be performing. Please follow me on Instagram, the day. David A. Arnold, if you're married, you got kids, you got somebody you love or you think you're going to make it with, 
follow my videos and I can tell you why you're going to make it or probably why you're not going to make it. Because misery, misery love company, right? Because misery love company. <laughs> and I don't want to be out here by myself. By myself, Dr. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Much love, bro. I appreciate man, you. Man, I appreciate you. Me, yes, man. sir, man. Let's do it again. Let's go. My man. All right, Smash. You've been called on the carpet, dog. What, what, what you mean? Hey, I, 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 I just realized, hey, I ain't even get a pink slip. Y'all just fired me. <laughs> hey. But, you David know what, though, like, man? Oh, David R. Arnold. Oh, here, I'll pass. <laughs> you, you know what? I got I got a couple things on there. One, I I am sorry that I, I missed this uh, episode, man. I really wanted to... Uh, do my brother, but two, go D. You threw me under the bus, bro. How? You was like, he don't want to do it. He was like, ah, oh, David, don't know. I gotta go to work. I ain't messing with. Go <laughs> <laughs> Hey D. man, but you was a you was a sounding you was a sounding boy for encouragement. Encouragement. Go ahead, do it, man. You got this, but you know I gotta work. But in your defense, you know, we don't get paid for this. This is this is. <laughs> so I understand why you had to miss, but. You know, hey David A. Arnold, if you listen, I, let me tell you what Godie did. Godie asked me my work schedule. I just thought he wanted to know when a brother had to work, so he know when I had to record. Then I told him, and he hit you up like, "I can only do it at this time." Ain't that what the text <laughs> nah, said? That's, that is not. What it, that's no truth in that. That's no truth in that at all. You know that's not the truth. Godie want to be the male Oprah. Hey man, I, I was I was trying to make sure that we could be heard and you just wasn't available bro it, it is what it nah, is bro the old boy david man he he talented bro like i would yeah, i would is. love to be like you know what i'm saying i like to think i'm funny maybe you know i've been told that or two but ain't funny no way <laughs> ain't no way i can get up there and hold my own with him but hey, I hey, I would have tried to push him today to be funny. He he would have he probably would have did a whole segment on me cracking on me. Yeah, but, but uh, I, yeah, I appreciate the love and and I appreciate that you know he's he's willing to come back on and and sit up with you and and chop it up a little bit more because he was expecting both of us and only got one of us. But it's here nor there. But at the end of the day, man, it was definitely a, a dope interview. That I hope the listeners man, enjoyed it, man. That that was an awesome interview, man. I'm 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 proud of my brother Go D, and I'm appreciative of my brother David A. Arnold coming through, just blessing some some folks like us that just took something Trying that to we were it. we were interested in, and you know what I'm saying, and help us, you know what I'm saying. So, man, yeah. that that's how it should be, bro. Helping each other, lift each other. Yeah, and 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 he is like I, you know, we always went back and forth with with his content as far as his videos. You know, we and it just it's just so funny that how my household, your household, his household, we get we facing the same trivial issues as far as kids and wives and and just life in general, man. You know, I don't know if it's a black thing or it's just. <laughs> it's just a, a household thing, period. But man, he hits it. Let me tell you, listeners, subscribe, you know, like, share this man's videos because it definitely hit home. And that's what makes it so funny because I had just argued with my kids about cleaning their rooms. And here comes two days later, boom, 
he having the same issues with his girls. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Lose, losing shoes, can't find uniform pants. It's just crazy, man. But it's 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 funny. He could turn anything and funny, anything he sees and funny. Like he says, you know, I, I see the world in a different light than everybody else. And in, in his world, you know, we hear rah, 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 rah. He hear ha, 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 ha. You know what I'm saying? So it's just refreshing to, to hear a comic that can go toe-to-toe. And I'll put him up against anybody, man. I, I, I really, really would. That you name your best comic, and I'll put him up against anybody, man. I, and I'm definitely glad that was he was our first um, comic on the show because I hold uh, David and Arnold in high regards. What you got? Any closing parts for this episode 20? Yeah, man. I just want to say, you know what I'm saying? Thank you to everybody for supporting us, man. Everything has been positive, creative construction, uh, you know, critique. So that's what that's what we're about here at the Talker Brothers. I want to thank my uh, co-host and go D man for always pushing me even when a brother is slacking he always there to give me that swift kick in the butt like come on smash let's go I want to thank I, I, I'm just I'm just showing thanks man because that's it's the 20th episode brothers happy that we made this far I want to thank BTG for coming through dropping them jewels for us and everybody that's done uh been on here as part of a guest or host D Murph or what D Murph but uh, definitely, man, uh, look for season two coming up. We got big things coming for y'all, man. Big thing. So with that being said, much love. We out. Peace. We have returned to claim the pyramid. Partying on the mothership. I am the mothership connection. Getting down in 3D. Light year groove. All right.